Hello, welcome to episode seven of Art Lives, a series of interviews with artists of all media. My name is Elizabeth De La Mater. On this podcast, I talk with artists one-on-one about their art, their lives, and how they navigate the world. This episode features Zara Gordon. She is a poet and writer living in La Brea, Trinidad, and Tobago. In this episode, Zara recounts her experiences growing up in both Trinidad and the United States and learning to read and write poetry in Trinidad and the United States. We also learn of Zara's mission to rescue voices from the past before they disappear, and we learn how poetry and prose create and are created by Zara's vibrant ecosystem of thought. Here is Zara Gordon. It's a it's a funny question, <laughs> uh, or it's a it's a funny thing, because um, it's just it it's just how I express myself with words. Yeah, um, you know it's I, a lot of times you hear people say that there's certain things that you have that are callings, especially yes in art. And I just, you know, for I mean, when I was growing up, for a while, because um, I had parents who were um, heavy, heavy on the maths and science as well, um, particularly my dad, who actually had done math and science up to a master's degree like oh. <laughs> yeah so he had he did like um biometry and statistics in college oh wow yeah <laughs> oh my yeah so <laughs> and and my mom was a nurse so she was also very much, okay yeah dealing with you know medical things scientific things so um to me and and the thing is, even though they were like um they were like that, I think they still recognized like the need for me to be artistic. But you know, they were like the kind of parents like, Yeah, well you you're bright, you could be a doctor when you grow up <laughs> <laughs> because that's like that's the thing you do when you're bright. You become a doctor. Yes. <laughs> um, My mother still does that. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, even now, and you're like a really accomplished <laughs> musician. <laughs> so, um, so that was the thing. And then... Um, now I've been been keeping diaries since primary school, right? Oh. And in primary school, it was you know like really silly, like what happened at recess type of thing. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but also, it was also a thing. And even and funny enough, in primary school, I also used to write songs, which is something I don't do anymore. Oh, um, but in the time that I was growing up as well, I would have, 
started with piano lessons mm-hmm. and dance and um then um pan and at um in my high school I even played guitar at one point oh. um you know so I always had these other influences um you know I come from a family that they like to play mass yes. they like to, to be very involved in carnival and even in creating costumes and stuff so it's like that was always there but it was always regarded as like you know more of a hobby sure. than a profession so it's just that there was a point when i just discovered that this was something i loved to do yeah. and and then that was it yeah what is the uh best part about writing um an essay writing poetry for you i think the best part for me is actually finding the the perfect imagery ah. right? um you know there's there's a poem that i wrote um after like my my great aunt and i were having breakfast one morning and she told me a story about her childhood and it just it was like whoa like you know i it was a kind of a, a shocking story and she she shared it to me and she was like you know i've never told anybody this before and that just it was like that was on my mind and i you know wrote and wrote over again to to try to get the right words to express how she was feeling and when i got into a draft um that i thought was that i thought okay yeah i think i've i've gotten it and she read it and was like whoa I'm in print. <laughs> right? because, because I I didn't say her name or you know anything. I just expressed how she was feeling and I just used imagery from a moment that I wasn't even there. Oh. And she was able to read it and and actually be like, "Okay, wow, this is this is it. This is, you know, how I felt, and this is what happened. Oh my gosh! And to me, it's like that is like actually hitting to the point where you can describe the undescribable. It's it's really beautiful. Yes. Oh, that's so powerful. And you don't mind the quest to get to that point. No. <laughs> it's something that you have to it's it's like you just have to make up your mind that you know you're not going to be able to get it the first time. Uh-huh. You know, you just have to make up your mind that this is something you have to work and work at. Yeah. How do you feel about sharing something like that, for example, like that uh poem? with then other people is there are there times that your work is so personal um you don't want to let it go yes (laughs) so i i tend to write best from personal experience Mm -hmm. which um 
it's something that a lot of writers do. Yes. Um, you know, you get your, your first set of writing is going to be, I guess, like you working out all your issues or some, you know, something like that, <laughs> or just writing anything that's most familiar to you, which would be yourself and family. And to me, I feel like that's the time when I write best. Mm. And it can get a little difficult. Uh, I haven't really reached a point where I've actually been, let's say, brave enough to share the most personal as yet. Yes. But it is something that I I I really plan to do actually. Yeah. Um, because what I I want to do for my first book whenever I do this, <laughs> whenever <laughs> I get the time to write it, yeah. is focus on this day like the untold stories mm. from women in my family. Wow. And that could get, uh, it could get dark. Yes. You know, because there were some things that, there were some things that I didn't know about my grandparents' relationships. Relationship, for instance, like, you know, like domestic violence or like, um, you know, molestation that happened when they were younger. And it's... You know, we're going to have to figure out, I'm going to have to be asking a lot of permission uh, for, to share these stories that they may not necessarily want to be shared. Right. Um, but that I think are so important. Yes. Or even if I talk about some of the things I've experienced, you know, it might be difficult, but, but it's something that is important to share. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's a bridge that's going to have to be crossed. Yeah. What do you, what do you like to read? Um, I really, well, I should say, I, I love poetry. <laughs> and I do also love fiction. Um, I don't read as much nonfiction. I tend to focus more on like the creative literature when I'm reading for myself. Yeah. Um, my my like college experience was is really like a big influence on the things that I read. Um, because I went to an HBCU, uh, it actually was a time where I got introduced to writers that you know I would never have heard of um, if it wasn't for for school. Yeah. So I tend to read a lot of um, like Caribbean literature and literature from the diaspora. And it's, you know, it's, it's something that I can relate to. Sure. And it's also, you know, there's also like just, a, there's so much writing that, <laughs> you know, it's like not necessarily, um, as mainstream yeah because even um so for my birthday in november one of my friends who is a writer um <laughs> you know we have this thing of gifting each other books wonderful <laughs> so she gifted me um this book by zora neale hurston 
mm. um, who I've I've read before, but um, funny enough, I haven't read that one. So that's my next thing that I'm going to read. Great. But when I was in college, I had to read uh, Sir Neil Hurston as well. And I remember um, there was a time when I worked at this golf course for a little while. Uh-huh. Was talking to one of the customers. I think I had the book out because I was just by the register. And I said, he was like, well, who are you reading? And I said, um, Zora Neale Hurston. And he was like, I've never heard of her. Hmm. And I was like, really? And, and to me it would have seemed like something, you know, that people would have known. Right. And, know. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. and he was just, it was just like, no, never heard of her. So I'm like, who is that? Mm-hmm. And so these are the writers that I try to read um, because I think um, there's been a lot of erasure. Yes. And, and that's something that, you know, even with like, the history with steel pan, mm-hmm. right? with with certain with certain types of stories, you know, like um, you'd hear Kim Johnson um, talk a lot about the women at the start of the steel ban movement who we never talk about, right? Right? You know, it's always like Spree Simon oh, yes. and Rudolph Charles and this one and this one, and you know. The, you know, so we never hear about those women yes. and it's also like for some of this we never hear about these writers and they have amazing important work yes so for me i i do read a lot of caribbean african diaspora black diaspora work because i i don't want it to be erased i wanted to keep it in in my consciousness you know yeah it's just like i'm trying to read all of these stories that um like uh there's a there's a writer i read in college named chester himes yeah and before well i i had like never heard of him and he's someone who has extremely important work i find it's like he's almost unknown you know and there's people writing after him who've done similar things who've used him for inspiration but we don't ever hear about him as somebody you know sure yeah so yeah so that's a big thing you don't you don't write much fiction do you no no (laughs) no i tend to write either poetry or creative nonfiction. yeah um Fiction is something, even though I love it, um, it's not something that I've had a lot of practice sure. or training with even, actually. Sure. So I have a, f- a few short stories, um, but uh, to me, I don't think they're very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, it's, it's not... Um, I guess also it's just not something that is my craft. Yeah. So, so for instance, with if I like related to steel pants. So, um, yes, I could play tenor, but the bass is is my area of expertise. Right. So, <laughs> um, so it's like that, you know. Um, the 
the workshops that I've done, the training that I've gotten um, has always been poetry. And, you know, when I was expressing myself just on my own, it's like I used to to express myself in, in writing poems. That's just how it came out. Sure. As a poem. Yeah. So, mm. so that's just what I've built on. Do you were writing, you said you were writing lyrics when you were young. Mm-hmm. Do you remember a time when you were first introduced to poetry or were you already writing poems before you studied poetry? Um, no, the, the poetry that I would have been introduced to while I was growing up um, would be things like, I'm trying to remember, I think it's a Christmas carol, but it's like in a poem. Uh, <laughs> like the, the night before Christmas? Yeah, things like that. Because sure, sure. <laughs> um, I, I was used to, I used to read a lot when I was growing up. So I would have been introduced in that sense, introduced to reading and reading a lot of different types of things. Sure. But um, there was a time in when we had to do a, in ninth grade in our English class, we just had this kind of random um, visiting teacher for two days. I'm not sure, I'm not even sure how this worked out or why, um, <laughs> but we had a visiting teacher for two days who did a poetry workshop with us. Oh. And it was just like, you know, just, um, I'm not even sure how it, it got on the curriculum, but <laughs> we had this visiting poetry teacher and she came in and we did, we had two classes with her and it was just like something magical happened ah. in those two classes for me. And I was like, whoa. And so the the end product, um, you know, like my grandmother, um, had really loved that poem. That was like one of the first like of ah. conscious times I wrote the poem. And like even my aunt still says, you know, I remember when you wrote that poem and, and it was great. <laughs> and <laughs> and it was just like um it was just like, oh, because even the, the poetry teacher said that, you know, this was like a really good um product or this was a good poem and I just I just, that was it. It was like, oh, this is, you know, this like amazing feeling of accomplishment at the end. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so then luckily I was in a, um, in a school where like my high school was actually pretty good in the sense that um, we had access to, to quite a few things, you know, outside of just the regular curriculum and so I ended up after that that year ninth grade so between ninth and tenth grade uh there was this summer program which was the first time they did it called arts and the block and they had uh training for visual artists and writers like teens so yeah, so it's actually sad though because when I participated, um, they had two sections, which was the visual arts and 
for um, writers. And then that year was the only year that they did writers, though. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and after that, they just used to, you know, so they'd have kids, like, participate in mural projects and, you know, different art projects throughout Silver Spring, throughout um, Maryland. Sure. Cool. So, yeah, so it was, like, I was really lucky to participate in that. And then, you know, I was always afterwards seeking opportunities to write. Sure. So who were your um, mentors or or, uh, role models during high school into college? So in high school, um, from the the program, Mm -hmm. I had two mentors which were Lisa Pegram and Laura Smith and I'm actually still in contact with them you know oh nice um yeah which is really it's really great then let's see uh I had uh another teacher in high school named um I think her name was Miss Johansson they had a creative writing class Uh that I took as well and also in um college i had tony medina and he would have been my biggest influence um at the time that was my poetry professor sure and i also had another professor who's actually a filmmaker oh um but He's, I mean, well, he writes scripts. Oh. <laughs> His name is Haile Jerima. Um, so he would have been a great mentor as well. Um, right? With me being, you know, that um, inspiration, yes, based on their work, but also the commitment to craft and commitment to scholarship and to practicing and to, um, you know, creating work that made a statement as well. Did you have any uh, specific goals when you started, say when you started college about what your life as a writer should be or, or what you wanted it to be? Well, <laughs> for me, I think I had very idealistic ideas mm. um, about what it would be like to be a writer yeah. um, without thinking <laughs> about like financial <laughs> situations. Um, but I think one of the things with me like seeking out opportunities to write is that, um, and once again, also luckily going to the high school that I did. Um, after ninth grade, in 10th grade, I took a journalism class. Oh. And then in 11th and 12th grade, I was on my high school's newspaper. So that was um, a skill that I developed. And then coming into to Trinidad, um, getting to write for newspapers, magazines um and actually writing for a living then yeah maybe not necessarily poetry but it was something that 
I was doing what I wanted to do. There you go. And, <laughs> and so I'm not necessarily, so now I'm like freelance because, um, you know, uh, being a journalist, it's, it's pretty intense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like almost like, you know, you have to be on 24 seven kind mm. of. So I actually, um, don't work full time anymore. So now I occasionally will contribute, but that's, so I didn't, I, I had like these idealistic ideas, I guess, about being a writer. Okay. And then I, I found out, okay, no, how you do it really is that you're going to have to, you know, I'm not going to be able to, to publish books <laughs> every year and just, you know, make money off of that. So the, the monetizing or the career aspect of it comes when you can adapt to the situation. So the adaptation for me was, um, you know, being in a newsroom. And that's how I got to write, but also make a living. So it, it wasn't necessarily my initial goal, per se. Yeah. Um, but it definitely was something that, you know, opened up. Because even when I am working on an article, I still have my poetic voice. I still have my creative voice. And I still apply it to my way that I describe things, the imagery that I would include in a story, you know, and it's one of the things that, you know, I've heard a lot of times when um, I've interviewed people and they'd say, well, you know, you really just, you got it. Yeah. So it's like being able to translate that, you know, it's, you know, that's the artwork then being able to translate the, people's thoughts and feelings and their stories and then sharing them. Right. Yeah. I think you do that very well. I've read some of the interviews you've done and I feel, I feel like I'm there with you. I feel like I could see that person or, or I truly understand that person's intention and, and always the environment that you're speaking about. Mm, thank you very much. <laughs> Imagery is definitely something that I, I work at and, and try to practice. So even when I'm not necessarily writing, I'm always making observations. Yeah. So um, like for me with, with, with Trinidad, um, you know, I'm not necessarily Trinidadian, even though I call myself, <laughs> even though I call myself, Hello, for Trinidadian, um, because I so like I was born in the U.S. right, and then I came to Trinidad. Um, in I was here for primary school, mm -hmm. basically with my grandparents, and then I went back to the states and did you know all of my formal education. Um, but it was because I was here at a young age. It was this place that I really loved and really identified with. Sure. And, you know, a lot of times when, even now, so I've been here so long and people would still say, um, you know, like, you're not from Trinidad or, you know, sometimes people try to charge me more when I'm buying things because <laughs> they think I don't know the prices and oh things God. like that, you know, silly, you know, things that they'll try to do 
(laughs) (laughs) but um you know so people recognize like they 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 think of me as foreign still wow um (laughs) but at the same time like i because i never i was never really here in my teenage years much except for like a short short vacations i I observe, so I'm always observing the way people do things, the way they interact with each other. Um, you know, I ended up writing this poem, series of poems actually called Rainy Season because it's like I, I was even observing the rainfall. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I have this this point where I'm comparing um, experiences and comparing comparing rainfall in the, in the states to rainfall in Trinidad, or comparing the way the seasons change, um, the types of foods people eat, just just everything. So it's all this this um, heavy observation that I do. That um, you know something that we call people watching. Yeah. Um, and. So I'm constantly doing that and it's constantly feeding into what I write. Yeah. And constantly creating images for when it's time to, to write something. I bet that helps a lot. So how do you identify yourself? What is your identity? Well, now I say I'm Caribbean American. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, because I think that's um that that's really what it is you know i have so my my dad was um from guyana that's right and my mom's trinidad yeah and my mom is from trinidad yeah and i was born in the states so i think that's enough for me to put it in a nutshell (laughs) do you feel that being a writer is something that you you have been since you started writing or was there a time that you finally thought, Oh, I am a writer now. I'm asking because this is another thing I'm seeing with my young students. Now they say, I want to be a musician. Mm-hmm. There's well, you're playing music. I think you are a musician, <laughs> um, <laughs> but they are, at, they're attaching it to a certain level of accomplishment. Does that make sense? Yes, it does make sense. Um, and it just made me think of another professor that I had, Dr. Arana, uh-huh. in in college as well. Because when I was in college, I, I used to say the same thing. I want to be a writer. And Dr. Arana would say, but, you know, you're showing me poetry. <laughs> and you're writing essays <laughs> and you're doing all of this, like you, you are a writer and it's this, um, constant questioning. Um, and it may come from the fact that there's not necessarily, uh, you know, I guess if you went to med school, you know, there's a time when you can say I am a doctor now because I have, um, finished a residency and, um, you know, I'm I'm going on to to actually work with people. You know, there's a, a certificate that you can get. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Um, which is that's it. You get the letters in front of your name, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but writing 
and not even just writing, but art is so subjective and it it causes us to constantly question ourselves. So I think for your students, something that I have to learn is that, you know, you have to just, the fact of, of doing it, of practicing, of actually um, focusing on your craft, that that makes you an artist, that makes you a writer, it makes you a musician. Um, accomplishments, it's, you can't rely on, you know, winning an award to say that you are, um, you are a writer or a musician um, because it, it really is so subjective. Right. right. So did, did it, for you, did, was all it, um, all you needed was to hear that professor or did it take longer for you to accept it? No, it definitely took longer. <laughs> it definitely took, it definitely took longer. Um, and I guess maybe it also took me getting older or growing or being more confident in myself uh-huh um, sure sure you know because i i definitely think for a long time um even with um you know working in a newsroom and and basically and writing every day essentially um i still would call myself at, at times aspiring uh. you know because i felt like well I don't have a book as yet mm-hmm. or, um, you know, it's like, yep. yeah, you know, I, I haven't really um, done what, you know, we're supposed to do. Oh. And I just, in at the end of the day, um, well, yes, you know, you have to be publishing like as far as writers go, but the, the, the projects will come as and when they need to and when the time is is right um but the the actual practicing of the work you know like if you are in college and you're gigging then you're a musician (laughs) right right (laughs) there's no question uh, about it so i think for me it was just to realize that well i have actually been workshopping and participating in readings and and I've been actually writing so there's there's no more questioning that has to happen nice so what does uh, success mean to you now Ooh, um I th- that's such a hard question <laughs> <laughs> Um, to me, I think it means, um, being true to my work yeah, and, and focusing on, on being the best that I can be within that work. Wonderful. So I think success for me would mean actually putting in the work to 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 write the you know the poetry book that I I want to write or to participate in in the the readings that I want to to do and also just continuing to do this this work of 
um, making people aware about um, representation yeah. when it comes to a whole bunch of different things. When it comes to women in music or when it comes to, um, you know, writers in the diaspora. Yeah. So just more. Yeah, definitely just more. I think success to me in now would be being a lot more, um, I guess, putting in even more focus. Okay. Even more focus, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that... I think that's basically how I feel too. I don't. I don't know when when I'll get there, but it's not there yet. <laughs> but maybe it's that's so, what why we keep going. Yeah, it's you know, it's like I think a lot of artists do that. Like they just they just keep going. They keep like. Um, you know, trying to create something better than the last thing they created. Yeah. So it's like, as long as you keep doing that, um, then you are working. Right. Yeah. So what are you um, personally thinking about right now or writing about right now in the, in the near future? I really want to continue working on um, this book <laughs> mm. um, that I had an idea for, which is basically the the untold stories of like women in my family. Yeah, and um, so that's something that I I really want to 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 work on. Um, it's kind of in in two ways uh, because I I'm not sure I can't say for sure I haven't necessarily decided for sure for sure um, but I did want to uh, go back to school and do an MFA mm. so um, for for the application, you know, you, you should have like a manuscript um, or part of it, poems towards a manuscript. Hmm. That's something that I, I do want to do is, you know, come back to the States and, and do an MFA. And so the, the book project then would be the starting of that um, application. Sure. That's what I would submit. Yeah, that for me that is it's it's something I guess that's been like uh, ruminating in in well not necessarily ruminating because I actually have like an outline written down and I actually have some of the poems already. Oh my goodness! It's just to put it all together and to put in uh, to make it like realized. Sure. Then. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Yeah. So, so what inspires you um, on a daily basis or, or in general? Um, well, for me, definitely those observations that I, I talked about, uh-huh. um, that I'm always, you know, aware of how people interact and the things that we say and do and the language that we use. Mm. Um 
that's definitely a source of inspiration. Um, and then, you know, the people that I read, um, when I read a book, you know, I'm always looking at the way it's written, yeah. at the techniques that are used. And then I'm also always writing down things from the books. You know, in the, when I read a book, I'm going to make a note of some some quote um, that might actually be the basis for a poem sometime later on. Uh, you know, so I'm always, always, it's like you always have your ear and yeah. your eyes open. <laughs> um, even the other day, like I was watching a movie and it's like uh, the guy, one of the characters said something that I just thought sounded so beautiful and I just like had to pause the movie and make a note wow, <laughs> and then continue watching. So it's like the inspiration comes from everywhere, definitely from everywhere. And from that, like always making keen observations. Yeah. So if you could point me and anybody listening to words, three things that we should check out that you find inspiring um, or interesting and it can be it can be anything that gives life it doesn't have to be a poem but it certainly could be a poem hmm okay um well the first book that comes to mind um is Citizen by Claudia Rankin mm. and I think she won a National Book Award when that was published a few years ago. Um, and, you know, a lot of times people say that poetry is harder to read. But I like to point people to Claudia Rankin because she's a really accomplished poet. And then she wrote this book and it was almost like in prose, but it was poetry. It was like really experimental. And then she had art inserted into the book as well that was related to what she was writing it was like this um you know it's a really great book and it's something that um even if you're not familiar with poetry yeah you yeah you get it beautiful because you know so definitely um claudia rankin's citizen is one to check um, if I had to give a movie, then I would um, talk about uh, this movie by one of my professors, actually, uh, past professors, Haile Jirima, um, called Teza. And Teza is a film that he did that was about uh, so, uh, so, some things that, you know, like... Um, being from being an immigrant in in a European country, it also dealt with the civil war where he's from in Ethiopia, and I think it was a personal story. But also, um, he used that story to tell a bit of history, and it was really beautifully done. Oh, great! Right. Um. So there's that, and okay, I'll try to do like um, uh, something. <laughs> something in art as well so uh a few years ago i think it was two years ago maybe a year ago um i was in new york and i went to um this 
uh, exhibit, which was a retrospective on the artist Kerry James Marshall. And actually, I'd never, um, I'd never heard of him before, never seen his work. And when I went to the exhibit, it was like maybe three or four floors of years of just his art, oh. his work that he'd done over the years. And it was the most amazing thing. Um, he had, you know, photography, he had mixed media art, he had paintings. He, it was just, it was amazing. And it was like, wow, <laughs> really never heard of him Fantastic. and really enjoyed you know, this exhibit. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if he has anything that's like um, like a book, maybe. Maybe they may have like published uh, a book of the re- retrospective, but definitely um, Kerry James Marshall is an artist that has this like, you know, really wide spectrum of things that you could tap into. And I found him to be pretty inspiring as well. I will put some links up on the website. I will find him and where where people can look at at least a few works and put that up. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about, say, that you've been thinking about lately? Well, not really, but, you know, this whole conversation has made me think of another friend of mine uh, who's not a writer. He's a painter. Oh, but he said something to me once a long time ago uh, that um, I always remember and seems to relate to the conversation that we've been having where he said that, you know, we're all artists. Yeah. Um, some, of just, some of us just aren't brave enough to, to practice. <laughs> oh. Right, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. definitely something to think about yeah i believe that i do too i believe that <laughs> that's wonderful <laughs> excellent well thank you so much for talking to me today you're very welcome and thank you for asking me to participate you have been listening to the art lives podcast Much gratitude to Zara Gordon for talking with me. I posted links to Zara's blog called Z Speaks, where you can find some of her published work. I also put up a link to Zara's literacy organization, Speakeasy Solutions. In addition, there are links to the artwork and authors she mentioned. All of that is on the Art Lives page of my website, elizabethdelamater.com. Please remember to give us a rating and comments on Apple Podcasts. More ratings allow more people to hear us. My continued gratitude to Bill Salick, artist Eduardo Moreno, and special thanks to composer Nicholas Myers for our theme music. Finally, thank you so much for listening to Art Lives. <laughs> <laughs>